DJ and PK, it's 97.5 and 1280 The Zone. David Locke's weekly visit brought to you by the Murdoch Auto Team. David, good morning. Hello, David. James, how are you today? Excellent. That's great to hear. How's my guy, PK? Uh, you know, hanging in there, just trying to make it to 10 o'clock. Just to 10 o'clock? And you know, what are you going to do then? Oh, no, I don't want to know. Never mind. I didn't ask. I know exactly what you do at 10 o'clock. I don't need to know more about it. <laughs> well played, oh, David. God. Well played. How did I do that? You nearly stepped in it. Literally. Oh, literally. Yeah. <laughs> Even funnier. I'll just leave you guys alone. Yeah. <laughs> Your work here is done, PK. I always love. I'm just going to like lift up the curtain, but not hopefully not too much. Um, I always love every now and then we'll tape a segment. Right? There's reasons why we have to tape a segment. Um, DJ's like, I can't believe you're revealing this. No, it's fine. And we always, and we always, it always has to be at ten fifteen. <laughs> yeah, right. It can never be at ten. <laughs> PK's busy. All right, I, we want to get to you on the draft here because the <laughs> – thank you, PK. The NBA draft is coming up November 18th, 26 days away. So we'll get to you there in a second. But first, internal development. Off-season, what can the Jazz add? As I watch first Steph Curry, uh, Damian Lillard, Dame, uh, the guys adding these logo threes um, – it seems like that's the way things are headed. Certainly, we, we, there's dozens of guys who can be a step or a step and a half behind the three-point line and hit a shot. But you can pull guys out another 8 to 10, to, depending on the guy, 12 to 15 feet. I'm thinking with the Jazz pick and roll and watching the way Donovan Mitchell has progressed, that the only thing better than watching him run a pick-and-roll 5-on-5 would be watching him run a pick-and-roll 4-on-4. Is there a Jazz player who could shoot 40% from, I don't know, 30 feet, 35, whatever, who could stretch the defense even more, who would have to be guarded because you can't give up a 40% shot? Joe Ingles comes to mind as an obvious choice, but really any of the young role players, maybe they could add it. I don't know them well enough to know what they can or can't do, given a chance to practice something for three or four months. What do you think? Well, I think Boyan is probably the most natural just because of his pure strength. He's so crazy strong, and so a lot of this has to do with strength. But we also really like Boyan in that corner. So at that point, you're really altering how you're moving the ball and what you're doing. And I think what you're going to see, you know, and, and how, you're, how you're placing players on the floor. Um, the other one, I think, is that it's Mike Con- I actually think it's Mike Conley. Um, you know, he's just such a natural shooter and he's such a good shooter. And if your Donovan's playing on the ball more then it's Mike Conley. And the reason you might want it to be Mike Conley is I think when you talk about Dane Willard and Steph Curry and all these guys, the big thing that's going to be the story of the league, it was the story of the bubble is the off the bounce three and the depth by which they can take the off the bounce three. So now you're coming off the pick, you get that airspace and you can pull. And if you can pull from 30, and making that shot, it's really you just have busted the defense. It's simply unguardable. And the only way it's guardable is to hard hedge or to double team the ball handler. And so you're sw- now you're going to swing it. Now maybe you're swinging it to a wide open 30-foot three um, to Mike Conley. Or, but the problem with bringing Boyan up there is now you're swinging it to Boyan. He's not the ball handler you probably want with the ball. Um, so that, 
that would be the one thought I have. And the nice thing about bringing someone like Boyan out is if somebody has a secondary rim defender, you're able to bring that player out with Boyan. So, um, you know, I, I did I I did a presentation analytically last year um, for some people kind of of where I thought the league was going. And I actually, that was my kind of, you know, gotcha statement was that the the 35 foot three is, is going to take away mid range jumpers that teams are getting good at taking other things away. And the answer is going to be to actually to take more 30 foot long threes um, and find a way to get that shot rather than the mid range shot, which is, you know, at 0.8 points per shot. So you only have to be a 30% uh, long three shooter to be better than that late in the shot clock. And particularly late in the shot clock, if you're getting that long three, you've sagged the defense and kicked out and you hit that long three at 30%, 0.9 points, Late in the shot clock's really good. So the Jazz, uh, what was it, uh, about uh, 10 days ago or so, or maybe just last week, they make an announcement that they hire uh, Sergi Oliva to the coaching staff. And i got to admit, he comes from the 76ers, vice president of strategy. I don't know jack about him. I don't know what he did. I look at his bio. He's got every level of degree that you can have in terms of education, which is very impressive. What do you know about him, and what is the point of hiring him? So I thought the other thing that's really interesting about him when you take that bio is that he used to be a basketball coach. Yeah, yeah. Right, so – so you have an, you know, I think he was, he had a bunch of coaching years experience. So you have every degree imaginable analytically, and you actually have a background coaching. This has been yep. the problem in the analytics movement is how do you take a bunch of numbers, but actually translate it into coaching. And then I even think there's another level that I think is analytically been the biggest problem is you can do things that are analytically right. And they either can be so uncomfortable look so bad or feel so bad that even if they're analytically correct, they're not worth it. Okay. So an example of that would be the math actually shows that you should like play your five best players and then just toss the other eight minutes of a game and just survive it. That if you put most good teams, if you put your five starters on the floor for 40 minutes together, you'll outscore your opponent by, you know, 10 points in that span. And then you put your crappy bench players together and you'll get outscored. Not crappy, but you put your bench players together. You'll get outscored 17 to 7 in that span. Or, you know, that's a bad because my math, you understand what I'm saying. And you'll still win the game and you'll win it by three or four and you'll, and you'll be fine. But that 17 to 7 stretches adds momentum and is so difficult to handle and that that actually doesn't work analytically so the beauty of of what you're doing here is you have somebody who's actually a basketball coach who kind of understands how to get it across i also think there's just the next level of analytics and a lot of that is if the angle of the pick in the pick and roll is something what does it lead to points west if the first pass goes to a certain point what does it lead to point-wise? If you start in the center of the floor versus on the side of the floor, what does it mean point-wise? There's just a new, there's another level here to go of beyond just you should shoot more threes. And I think that someone like Sergi is leading is going to lead that. Draft is coming up. And if I okay. and if I have my timing, if I have my timing right there, he's he's of a hinky, he's got some hinky. Philadelphia era, so he's got to be about as you know Hinky. You can say whatever you want about Sam Hinky; he's a genius, and he absolutely his mathematics of basketball were right. 
So the draft is coming up in 26 days. I got to admit, I haven't done much of anything with it. There was no NCAA tournament to familiarize myself with probably half of the first rounders, I assume, would have been in it, maybe more. Maybe less, actually, this year. Oh, really? And that's how little I I couldn't even tell you that. It's so little. It's just like basketball stopped. You got James Wiseman as a top pick, wasn't playing. LaMelo Ball wasn't playing. There's a kid out of Maccabees, Tel Aviv. There's a kid out of um, France. So none of those players would have been in the in the draft. Um, And then I don't even remember. um, You know, you know, if you look at the top picks, there's like two kids out of Florida. It's not the school. There's there's a Georgia and an Iowa State and a Dayton and an Auburn and two kids out of Florida State and an Alabama. You would have seen the Villanova kid. Um, So it, you know, and you would have seen the Kentucky kid. But you wouldn't. It's not as much as you would have thought. Yeah. So I'm I'm uh, I'm at a loss here, and now we're in football season. So you know everything's weird. It's 2020, but I'm looking at uh, one of the mock drafts here, and they have the Jazz drafting a a player who uh, is on Barcelona's B team. He's an Argentinian, but he's got size, and it's kind of you know a big wing who can pass and shoot. Uh, are they on to something? What do you What do you think the Jazz are looking for, other than the best player on the board, obviously? So I don't um, I don't know specifically what the Jazz are looking for. I mean, I think um, you know someone once said to me about the draft. I thought this was a really good point. Like you draft like Mia One. Let's take Mia One for example. Late second round pick, and obviously you'd want more out of a first round pick. But Mia Oni has like a lot of different ways to get on the floor, right? So he he actually was a little bit of a point guard in summer league. He could probably play with the ball in his hands if he had to. He can he can play a little bit of two. He can play a little three. Probably can't do four, right? Like he can he can get on the floor in multiple ways. Contrast that to Tony Bradley, like who really could only play the five, right? And then got behind Derek Favors and Rudy Gobert, and now is getting his opportunity, and we're seeing the growth, but. I think you're looking for a player who has multiple routes to get on the floor, um, particularly because I think you're going to need him to play a little bit. And so I think that's one of the things you're looking at. My overall feeling on the draft, and, and, and I have not done a lot yet. I've, I've watched three players, and I've run the numbers on the top 15 players. Um, and I'll continue to kind of expand on it. And if you'd like to geek out with me on Locked on Jazz, David, you're welcome to. Um, I think this draft is going to be my, – my general take right now is that this draft is going to be really fascinating because having watched um, Josh Green out of Arizona, uh, Jalen Smith out of Maryland, um, Jaden McDaniels out of Washington, those are all players that are being talked about 23. There's something to really like about all of them. Like, I, I really like Josh Green. Like, I don't think he's going to be a star, but I, I really like him. Um. I've done a lot of draft previews where I've watched players. In fact, the year we traded the pick for George Hill, like I didn't have a single player that I liked in that draft. I thought Jakob Pertle would be a really good pro. And after that, I was kind of empty on players I liked in that draft. Like you're watching and you're just not seeing anything. Like I'm having the opposite experience right now on the players in their 20s. Like Jaden McDaniel's got all sorts of problems. Like, you know, he doesn't make good decisions. His shot's kind of broken and... He has no idea how to play with teammates because in high school he scored 50 points in a game and like that's what he just did and he had he never translated out of that mode. He's also six nine two twenty and like an Adonis for a body. So you know what? If at 23 I'm getting a guy who's six nine two twenty and an Adonis for the body, I'll try to figure him out. 
you know, Josh Green, I never saw him get on top of a rim. I don't think he's an elite athlete, but I saw him move the ball, play with teammates, shoots it really well. I don't think he's got – I never saw him be able to get his shoulder by anyone. I never saw him be able to beat anybody in isolation. Okay, so he's not an elite athlete, but he's good. He defends. He gets into guys. He's 6'5", and he plays the game right and plays it hard, and he can really shoot it. Like, I'd love him next to Donovan as he develops. So I think what's interesting on this draft is it's not top-heavy. Like, I ran the numbers on Anthony Edwards, the guard out of Georgia, who might be the number one pick. Like, it's – I. I don't think I could draft him number one. I'm not sure I could draft him top 10 off those numbers. I mean, this is a guy whose catch and shoot percentile this year was in the 32nd percentile of all college players. He shot 42% effective field goal percentage on catch and shoot. And I'm supposed to draft that like number one, two, or three? No way. So I think this draft is going to be really fascinating. One, because I think it's going to flip flop. I think there's going to be, you know, eye of the beholder. And so a player could go 15 or 25 very easily, maybe even 10 or 20. Um, and then I think over time, I just have no feeling having run the early numbers on the players that someone like Kerry Lewis Jr. out of Alabama isn't going to be better than Anthony Edwards or that Siddiqui Bay out of Villanova isn't actually one of the top five best players in this draft and he's going to go 13th. Yeah, as I look at this and look at the draft, you know, you just go to the top 10. Well, you put Golden State out of there and they're picking second. But the rest is Minnesota, Charlotte, Chicago, Cleveland, Atlanta, Detroit, New York, Washington, Phoenix. Seems like these teams have sucked for a decade. So why even bother with the draft? Why not try to build it other ways? Because it doesn't seem like it's working because it seems like it's the same teams that are in the top or in the lottery every year. Well, you, you generally don't win with young players, right? Um, unless you hit on someone who's awfully special. And even then, you have, you know, Carl Anthony Towns is pretty special and they haven't figured out a win with him. Andrew Wiggins turned out to not be special. Um, you know, Cleveland's got Colin Sexton and Darius Garland and all these young guys. And, and maybe at some point we're going to see them emerge. Atlanta's going to be super interesting to watch because Trey Young is special. Um, and then does Kevin Herter, and I loved DeAndre Hunter numerically last year. I, you know, I just watched, ran the numbers on him, and I think he'll still be really, really good. Um, his numbers out of college were just too good to not be good in the pros. So, um, you know, I, I, I agree with what you're saying. I mean, some of it's ownership, some of it's coaching, some of it's also, like, hard to hit. Like, you just, you know, and suddenly when you're, when you're drafting six, like, you actually don't have a lot of, like, the chances of hitting on, at six for – a franchise-changing player is pretty low. The one thing I will promise you, by the way, is that Minnesota, Golden State, and who's third in the draft? Charlotte. Um, every player they work out for the next month, they're going to be blown away by how incredibly awesome that. Oh, my gosh, the greatest they've ever worked out. Since all of them are desperate to trade their pick, they're going to try to do everything they can. Yeah. Like, usually you hear nothing about draft workouts. This year you're going to hear, like, every draft workout was the most incredible thing they've ever experienced. That player is amazing. We couldn't be more excited to have him. Please trade for our pick. He's David Locke. He joins us every week, every, every week right here on 97.5 and 1280 The Zone, brought to you by the Murdoch Auto Team. David, thanks for a few minutes. We appreciate it. My pleasure, guys. Don't call PK at 1010. I will not do so. Excellent. Thanks, David. See ya.